Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Andrew. And welcome back. Afternoon Drive. Goodman Mason. Watch us. MileHighSports.com. You can reach us on the Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed at Mace Denver at Eric Goodman. If you are looking for wholesale lumber to the public, go to RMFP.com. In the meantime, I want to tell you about my friends at Rocky Mountain Eurosport in Denver and in Parker. You're now working with some big dealership that's selling volume. It's an intimate car buying experience. Everyone deserves a luxury car or everyone deserves a domestic car or a foreign car, something that you really, really want. Get the right experience from start to finish at Rocky Mountain Eurosport. They also service all makes and models. They have great finance options. Go for a test drive today or go to rmeurosport.com. Time now for the lead. The lead presented by Sasquatch Casino in Blackhawk. Okay, with the news that uh, Teddy Bridgewater became the first offensive player ever to win the Darren Williams Good Guy Award, okay? And let's explain that for a second because that started when you and I were here after Darren passed away mm-hmm. because Darren, uh, Darren was so great with the media. Yes. Right? Oh, and it's funny, the one time that he wasn't, it was after it was immediately after the Broncos lost to the Colts and Peyton Manning had basically picked on him in a regular season game. The next day, Darren was apologetic about not talking to the media. He uh, he understood pretty quickly by that by not t- by not talking after one game that he hadn't done his job, that right. he hadn't been accountable, and it just again everyone can make a mistake, but he realized and he under he all understood the importance of being accountable to the public, which is and the media is the conduit. Right. To that, so and uh, just being a very friendly person so the, with us as with everybody. So the Darren Williams Good Guy Award yes. gets presented every year. Uh, Justin Simmons has won the award. Uh, I'm trying to think of other past winners. I'm sure John Lynch has won the award. John, John I want to say John Lynch was the first was winner he? of the uh, Darren Williams Good Guy Award, if yeah. I'm not mistaken. But now but, we have the it, MVP award that is new this year. It's called the Demarius Thomas Award, mm-hmm. and that was given to Justin Simmons. But getting back to Bridgewater, became the first offensive player to ever win the Darren Williams Good Guy Award. And by the way, Lynch was the first okay. ever. Fangio was asked about Teddy winning the award and overall about Teddy's season because he's not going to be playing for the Broncos for the rest of the season. Well, I think he had some really good games for us. He had a very positive effect on our team, obviously, particularly on the offense, but for the team as a whole from his, with his leadership capabilities, just his confidence, his uh, everyday demeanor. I think it really helped our offense grow. Uh, You know, we won seven games with him in there as the starter and, um, I just think Teddy's a NFL starting quarterback that has great intangibles and great qualities that you can't coach. Now I asked the question that led to that because I, I said, Hey, you know, Teddy won the Darren Williams award. We kind of know what he is in the, in the media, but you know, what was kind of there behind the scenes a little bit as to why he won the award. And that kind of led to Vic detailing his season detailing kind of the the, pre, the leadership that, that he displayed 
And then, I mean, you can make of that as you must, but, uh, you know, Vic has been very complimentary of, uh, of Teddy Bridgewater over the course of the year. How many games did Teddy win as the starter? The Broncos went uh, seven and seven in the games he started. He did not finish two of them. They went right. they went seven and five when he started and finished. And they've lost three in a row when he hasn't started. Or they two lost, two in a row. They lost two in a row. Two yes. in a row. Yeah, I, seven I, and five when he starts and finished. Zero oh and two when he started didn't finish. Zero oh and two when he didn't start. Here's the best way to put it. Is he the best quarterback since Peyton Manning? Yes, and I'll tell you why. Because who he is as a quarterback sums up the Broncos' record. He's not below average as a quarterback. I don't believe he is. He's average. And you know what an average record is? Seven and six, seven and seven, yeah. eight and seven. That's what he is. I, I Tre- Trevor Simeon yeah. in 2016, he had a rock star defense. Let's just be honest about it. It's not as if Simeon was really that great. Flacco, below average with the Broncos. Case Keenum, below average with the Broncos. The way they played, the record, I'm sorry, I believe, reflects it. For Teddy, 500, average team, average quarterback, but average is better than what we had seen in the past. Yeah. And uh, Drew Locke in the now 19 games that he's played over, that he started and finished over the course of his career, I'm not going to count that Steeler game when he got hurt. Right. The Broncos are 8-11 and 11 in those games. There you go. Slightly below average. Right. So Bridgewater is voted a team captain. Teammates and coaches have spoken very well of him, specifically Von Miller, who was caught on the sidelines not realizing that he was miked, just gushing over Teddy, saying he's the best leader, I believe he said, since Peyton Manning. Mm -hmm. Now he wins a media award. Can you ever recall a player where there was a greater disconnect between how fans embrace that guy and how he was viewed internally? No. He was polarizing because of Locke. Right. It's that's the thing, it's no fault of his own. It's right. all about how Drew Locke elicits very deep feelings positively and negatively. And also the one moment that unfortunately a lot of people are going to remember is on the fumble return against Philadelphia. Yep. I think if you asked a lot of Bronco fans, name Recall one play from the Teddy Bridgewater era as starting quarterback. It'll be either that or it'll be the play where he was concussed against the Bengals. I'll give you a season. Ironically, we just talked about him, Mm -hmm. or at least we mentioned his name. For everyone who has embraced Demarius Thomas, and rightfully so, more so as a person than a player, and he was a great player, but honestly, a better person. He was a. He had a lot of that Darren Williams in him. He was a, as, a, as a person. He was a sweetheart of a guy, and that's yes. not a term you don't ever want to refer to a football player as sweet, unless you're talking about a guy whose namesake is sweetness, like Walter Payton. But let's not forget for all of you who are memorializing Demarius Thomas, how many of you viciously criticized him when he had all those drops oh my gosh i i often would say vicious vicious i would always i would often say that when demarius thomas was playing that i thought he was the most underappreciated great bronco yep in team history yep and more than a few times i ruminated on the on the notion that he probably won't be embraced in the way that he deserves until he goes into the ring of fame Right. And 
part of the enormous tragedy of his passing is that he's never going to experience that. So, okay. So I think at least for one season, if we're saying pick a player who's embraced by his teammates but not by the fans, for one season it was Demarius Thomas. I'll give you another guy. Now understand he was an older player and he really didn't contribute a lot to the Broncos. But that's Brian Dawkins. Yeah. Brian Dawkins was not the same Brian Dawkins here as he was in Philadelphia because he was injured so much. But he was revered in that locker room. But people, the fans responded to him. Like I remember when Dawkins would be introduced he before games and he would do his, uh, you know, his little strut, his dance. Right. He got, he, until Von Miller showed up, he got the loudest cheers of anyone coming out of that tunnel in the years he was here. So uh, the fans did love him. And he, in fact, one of the cool things. They never when, had a chance to love him. The, the, he, had, he was here three years, though. But he, but he he didn't play a lot. They didn't have a chance. He to started all three years. He played a lot. Oh, but he was not effective. He wasn't who he wasn't right. who he was. Right. But people still like pe- there wasn't like sniping there. You know, people crit- kind of critiqued and sniped at Demarius Thomas for the drops. There was nothing like that for Brian Dawkins. Brian Dawkins was actually really well liked by this fan base. He, but he for was, the three years. He but was he here. wasn't loved. But he wasn't loved not in the way, like John Lynch. Not in the way he was in Philadelphia. I'll either. say this, and, and, and I've said it before, yeah. and I'll repeat it again. I covered, I shouldn't say I covered, but I was covering the Bears when Brian Dawkins was in his heyday. Yeah. Okay? I say this with all due respect. Okay. I've said this before about John Elway and Peyton Manning. And I'm not talking about Tony Dorsett, who had a cup of coffee here. The greatest quarterback to ever put on a Broncos uniform is Peyton Manning over John Elway. I believe that. Yes. And if you don't, that's okay. Uh, John Elway is the most important figure in Broncos history. To me, he's the most important figure in Denver sports history. And he's a Hall of Fame and a great quarterback. But the best quarterback to ever put on a Broncos uniform for any substantial amount of time was Peyton Manning. The greatest safety to ever put on a Broncos uniform all due respect to our friend, more more of your good friend, a friend of mine, good friend of yours. All due respect to Steve Atwater, John Lynch, Dennis Smith, is Brian Dawkins. Well, we can say the greatest wide receiver to put on a Bronco uniform is Jerry Rice. Jerry Rice never played in a game. I'm talking. But he about, put on a Bronco uniform in the preseason. You know what I'm? That's why. That's why I excluded Tony yeah. Dorsett because Tony Dorsett had a cup of coffee. I'm he talking. He played a whole season. He led the team in rushing in 1988. I'm talking about a guy who played here for more than a couple of seasons. And Jerry Rice didn't even. But if you're going to say they put on a Bronco, you uniform. know what I mean. That that played more than a few games. Played more than played more than a, two seasons. How's that? Played more okay, than two fine, seasons. Fine. Brian Dawkins. In this in this world, in the bubble that we live in here in Denver, no one truly realizes how great Brian Dawkins was. He was feared, flat out feared. But he played in the NFC, so you really didn't see him that much. But I watched him as a guy who covered the NFC, and he was unbelievable. And I love me some Steve Atwater. He was unreal as a player, unreal as a player. Love me some John Lynch. I take Dawkins all day. Ronnie Lott, probably the best ever, right? Yeah. Uh, you're going to put Ed Reed in that category. I, I'm I'm putting Brian Dawkins in the same category as Ed Reed. Ronnie Lott's in his own world. 
and he's a unicorn because he's also he was also a truly great cornerback before he became a truly great safety. Right. Like there there are two guys because like that, that play corner and safety and were equally great at both. Right. That are kind of on Daryl Green. No, he was only a corner. I'm talking about uh, Rod Woodson and Ronnie Lott yeah. are kind of two guys who are they're 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 unicorns and they're entities onto themselves among defensive backs all the time. Right. Coming up after the break, I know a lot of Broncos fans are hoping that Aaron Rodgers is going to be coming here. Mm, don't hold out hope. He said something the other day that, honestly, has been completely forgotten in this market. Because I just looked at this today. I'm like, oh, my God, we didn't even talk about this two days ago. If you're excited about Aaron Rodgers coming here, don't be. We'll tell you why next. There's too much confusion. I can't get no relief. Businessman there, the drink my wine. Afternoon drive with Goodman and Mason, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Andrew. Welcome back. Afternoon drive. Goodman Mason. Watch us. MileHighSports.com. You can reach us. Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed. At Mace Denver. At Eric Goodman. If you're looking for wholesale lumber to the public, not retail, but wholesale, go to rmfp.com. In the meantime, Greenfields Pool and Sports Bar. I love this place. It really does have it all. They have all the packages. You know, a lot of places have all the packages, right? Just like Greenfields. But they have so much more. For starters, every seat really is a great seat. Outstanding menu. They don't just have pool tables. They have a pool hall with 15 of them. Live music, no cover, every Friday and Saturday. You're going to love this happy hour. Every day. Every day, three until seven, two for one on wine, well, and drafts every single day. I don't know anybody that does that. I'd like to know somebody that does, but I don't know anybody that does that. Go to Greenfield's Pool and Sports Bar in Lakewood. I want to go out to the Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed. Um, at Oregon Broncos, watching the show on milehighsports.com or watching us on Twitter live right now. I think this might be a shot at me, but I'm not sure. We were talking about Brian Dawkins, and I said kind of underappreciated here, loved in the Broncos locker room. I'm not saying that Broncos fans didn't like him. I'm saying that he wasn't embraced, wasn't embraced. And I think this might be directed towards me. That's totally cool. Hell no. Dawkins sits in my closet in an orange jersey. (laughs) So come on. F Broncos fans that don't care about dogs. You know what? I I was really good for you. Love well, that let me tweet. finish what I was going to say. And you personalized it. Yeah. To me, I was really heartened when the Eagles came in in Week Ten. Yeah. How many Broncos Brian Dawkins jerseys I saw that day? Right. A lot. Yeah. Just because it was the Eagles and like, oh, I you know. I, I like Dawkins. It, it, he he it is revered in Philly. Yes, he is. Revered. If, if you had, again. But not, I think he's, well, I think he was better thought of here than you give him credit for. He didn't play that much. He was a two-time Pro Bowler, three seasons. Here? Yes. He was less than memorable. I disagree. But then again, I'm also viewing it from covering the team and how 
one of my fondest memories of those days, especially the four and 12 year where the team was really bad and that locker room was fracturing. There were, you know, one of the guys who every week was answering questions, no matter what. Yep. Win, lose, win or lose. Yep. Was Brian Dawkins. Remember he had that, he had the spare locker next to him where he had like his, uh, his Wolverine uh, figures that he had. And didn't that, didn't matter if the team had lost by had won by twenty or lost by twenty, he would always answer questions. Again, accountability. He's a very accountable guy. Time now for the buzz. The buzz is presented by Rocky Mountain Eurosport. Go for a test drive today in Denver or Parker because everyone deserves a luxury car buying experience. Or find them online at rmeurosport.com. We talked about it the last couple of days where Hub Arkish came out and talked about how he's not going to vote for Aaron Rodgers for the MVP because he said he's a jerk, and then Rodgers fired back, calling him a bum. Then Habarkish fired back at him and apologized. Bum is such an East Coast insult from a West Coast guy like Rodgers. Right. With that, that was part of Rodgers' press conference yesterday. Completely lost in the shuffle of that press conference was him saying this. And we know he's had some problems with the Packers organization, specifically with Brian Gunkist, the GM, and Phillips, the owner. It's Phillips, right? Okay. He said yesterday's press conference. Or Phillip, like the Mark Murphy. Murphy. I don't, I'm, Mark think, Murphy. I'm thinking of Ted Phillips with the, with the Yeah, Bears. Mark Murphy's the team Mark president. Murphy. Okay. He said at yesterday's press conference, I decided when I came back to Green Bay that I was going to be all in with the team and all in. excuse me, to see things move forward to a better place. And that's what the conversations were about. You know, during the offseason was about being part of those conversations that impact my ability to do my job. From one of the first days, Brian Gutenkist and I sat down and got on the same page, and it's been really nice this fall and winter. I appreciate his approach, how it's been. And it's been very meaningful to me. So I'm thankful for that relationship where it's at a point and that's made my life that much more enjoyable. So I've got to give Brian a lot of credit for meeting me in the middle. Why don't you just meet me in the middle? If that's the way Aaron Rodgers thinks, if he really believes that, and he's not a guy who throws that kind of stuff out there. Mm -hmm. I think Broncos fans can forget about Aaron Rodgers coming here. I think uh, it is actually there's actually one thing in play that I believe could change it, and it is if the Packers are one and done in the divisional round. No, and I think if if they are one and done, if they if they lose a playoff game, I think all those words have no meaning at that point. Uh, I, I see what you're saying, and I get what you're saying. Because then it's this. Because then it then it's this kind of they're in the same spot as they've been, and that's why I, I was saying. Uh, but if they're, but I if, was listen. saying earlier today, if if you're a Bronco fan and you want Aaron Rodgers, you want the the chance probably is incumbent upon the Packers being upset at home in the playoffs. But if they lose, let's see how they lose. If Rodgers throws three picks, I'm not sure he leaves. If if he has four touchdowns, 350 yards, complete 77% of his passes, no interceptions, and the defense gives it up badly, then maybe you're right. Then maybe you're right. Listen, the Packers have fallen short a lot. You can make the case. And he's not getting any younger. 
You can None make the, you can make the case that you know they say the greatest quarterback to never win a Super Bowl, right? Aaron Rodgers, the greatest quarterback to only win one. It was almost Peyton Manning, right? To only win and then one, he got the one at the end. So, uh, something else. If for some reason Rodgers stays, and I think he might now, he's not a guy who throws those words out there loosely. Mm-hmm. I think the price for Russell Wilson just went up if he goes on the block. And the other thing is you're you're start you're starting to get a sense that uh um maybe Russell Wilson does go back to Seattle after this year. And the Broncos might be in the market just to draft a quarterback. Yeah. I mean basically if Russell Wilson stays in Seattle and Aaron Rodgers opts to stay in Green Bay, probably it's either a Baker Mayfield possibly coming aboard via trade for one year to see where he goes or or, or drafting a quarterback in the first round and then probably looking for a cheap bridge and probably hanging on to Drew Locke potentially as well and just having him in the mix to see where he goes. Again, that's going to depend on on who's running the offense as well. Yeah. But... If it's not if it's not Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson, I think then you start looking at again like a one year flyer on Baker Mayfield or the Browns making available. And it, if not, it's going to be a it's going to be a round one quarterback. People need to kind of start understanding. Here's that. a phrase that you hear all the time: "Man, there aren't any good quarterbacks in free agency. There are never any good quarterbacks in free agency because if you, year the, after year after year after year after year, there are never any really good quarterbacks because really good re-signed. quarterbacks get re-signed by those teams. And the thing is, it's not unless, just it's unless not they're just way the, injured or their career is pretty much. It's not shown. just the elite ones that get re-signed. I mean, it's the second and third tier guys right. that get re-signed. Derek Carr is good but not great. Right. The Raiders had no issues ponying up a big check for him, and. They may well do so again here when his contract expires after next year. Is Dak Prescott elite to you? He's very good. But is he elite? He's second tier. I don't there think he's elite. There you go. That's my point. And the Cowboys wrote the check. Because without that very good but not elite quarterback, what happened to them? They sta- they, they stared into the abyss in the 2020 season trying to make it work with Andy Dalton. They And they don't want to face those consequences. Why did Tony Romo, Romo keep getting paid? He was very good but not great. Right. Same thing. Coming up after the break, when college football moved to the model of name, image, and likeness, we knew eventually there would start being a gap between the haves and the have-nots. Well, I got to tell you something. Texas A&M just put this into overdrive, into hyperspace. Wait till you hear what they are doing right now to make the gap between the haves and the have-nots not only a huge gap, but permanent. That's next. Diane's debutante backseat of Jackie's car. Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Andrew. Welcome back. Afternoon Drive. Goodman, Mason. Watch us. MyLifeSports.com. You can reach us. Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed at Mace Denver at Eric Goodman. If you're looking for wholesale loan to the public, go to RMFP. 
Trending.com. Time now for What's Trending. What's Trending is presented by Impact Real Estate. Impact Real Estate is creative real estate and solutions with the greatest impact. Go to impactcommercial.co. All right, an Oklahoma Sooners insider and journalist is reporting this. Texas A&M spent between 25 and $30 million to make sure they had the nation's top recruiting class, and the effort was targeted and coordinated between the coaches and boosters. Not really that much of a surprise. This is how it reportedly works. A coach identifies a recruit that he wants to get. The coach tells a, quote, point donor. The point donor gathers the other donors, and then they create an LLC. The LLC, in turn for a commitment, sponsors the targeted recruit. That recruit, upon getting to campus, receives money from the LLC. In turn, the recruit promotes the LLC and its, quote, cause, whether it be a charity or a business. The report also states the Aggies even have a backstop in place. So they're making sure that this money is not poorly invested. The deals are structured to keep the players in College Station for multiple years. Contracts are multi-year deals. And if a player leaves early, he doesn't get any of the money. Wow. This sounds like a pretty good system. Although the player leaving early and not getting any of the money, that's... uh... I mean that that's that, that's interesting. That that's going to make a lot of these guys. That's going to make some of these guys blanch before they take an offer from any. Well, I guess my name. first question is: It sounds like if a player leaves, he leaves the money behind. Mm-hmm. So what is he leaving behind? All of the money? Are you, are you suggesting in a guy's freshman year he gets nothing and he gets one lump sum? How does that work? Yeah, or does he have to pay it back? Yeah, I don't well, know. How that could be. Yeah, I mean. Right. If he gets a contract, maybe he has to pay it back. With that, I mean, we're looking at the transfer portal, mm-hmm. which, you know, Colorado's lost a bunch of guys. And guys are, you know, I under, I, I totally agree with name, image, and likeness. Mm-hmm. But, boy, some boosters and some schools were doing this under the table illegally anyway. Now it's totally out in the open. I'm not surprised this stuff is going on. Mm-hmm. But schools and boosters have gotten organized very fast, where the haves and have-nots, I mean, it's going to be the difference between standing on the ground and a rocket ship going up. Yeah. I and mean, that's where, and right now, Texas A&M is getting ready to break into space. Right. And uh, it's, what will be interesting to see is like, what happens here, because I it will, you will probably have some new powers emerge, because you may, because seeing this, there will be big money donors at some schools or schools that have huge resources that say, if this is what it takes, I've got the ability to write some checks here to make this happen. I mean, I'll give you an example. Stanford is a school that has a lot of wealthy alumni, right? Yeah, I think Condoleezza Rice can cut a check. Duke. What's to stop them from saying we can simply just, in terms of financial muscle, outdo other schools and, and in the case of Duke, for example, create a relevant program where one really hasn't existed? 
And that's what I mean. There will probably be some, in, in maybe in look at Oklahoma State, like what Boone, the late Boone Pickens did to build up that program. I bet what Oklahoma he, State is thinking it's too bad he's the late. Right. Yeah. It, what Boone Pickens could have done today. Oh yeah. Would have been transformative. Right. Maybe Oklahoma State would have been the ones going to the SEC. Phil Knight and not Oregon. Yeah. Exactly. It's going. You know. It. It will be an arms race to find for these schools trying to find some sugar daddies and sugar mamas, so to speak, to underwrite this, because this is the kind of thing that could change. Like you said, could change the playing field. It's the equivalent of like in, in soccer in England where Manchester city was kind of a middling premier league club got bought by, mega billionaires from Abu Dhabi who just said, we're going to pour petrodollars upon petrodollars into this and we're going to make an elite club where one really didn't exist. That's the kind of thing. You may see something like that in college football where in addition to like an A&M or if Alabama has this going, there may be some power that we're not, not some school that we're not even thinking of that has wealthy people who say, I'm willing to have this sort of setup for our school to make us relevant in football when we haven't been. Well, going into next year, right now, Texas A&M has the number two recruiting class. It's worked because they weren't getting the number two recruiting classes in the country before this. Nope. This this is what I don't understand. You went to a college. I get it. You love your team. You're really spending your money there to buy football players? Really? I mean, go buy another house. You really want to spend that on a bunch of 18-year-olds? Well, you know what? SMU effectively did this back in the 1980s, and they got the death penalty for it. Right. But they had... One of the reasons why they got the death penalty was it was a very well... It it was a system in which these donors were connected with people within the football program. In five years, unless a school like Cincinnati has wealthy donors, they're not going to come anywhere near a national semifinal game. Yeah. But that's where it's interesting. It's not it's it's wealthy alums, but also wealthy donors, and that's where, if you look at like one place that I would kind of keep my eye on, that actually may emerge here, is um, a school like UCF that just got in the Big Twelve in a major market of Orlando that doesn't have an NFL team, doesn't have a baseball team, does they've got the Orlando Magic and that's it. There's a lot of money sitting around Orlando that would probably be willing to funnel be have it funneled into making UCF a power on the order of what Florida has been, what Miami once was. Did Phil Knight go to Oregon? He went to Oregon, yes. And T Boone Pickens went where? Oklahoma State. I understand businesses. That makes sense to me. Mm-hmm. But it really has to be somebody who went there. That's where the real money is because you feel such a loyalty. Because here's the thing. Very rarely, it happens, but it doesn't happen that often. You love your NFL team. You love your NBA team, mm-hmm. NHL team, Major League Baseball team. If you move and you live in a spot for 25 years, you'll you'll change your mind. You might, because you're around it for 25 years. You will never change your loyalty to your alma mater. I don't care where you're living. But one thing that's interesting about also about to kind of where the money goes, though, is 
there was a time when people who made a lot of money, like Bob Kraft bought the Patriots because he was wealthy. He was a Patriots season ticket holder. He had the money. He didn't want to see him move. Can't really do that with NFL franchises or even any franchise, any other sport anymore. So you say, okay, where can I spend the money and kind of invest in a program and, you know, get some good times out of this. And you'll probably see more that aren't in the mega billionaire class, but certainly are, are very wealthy that are, you know, that can count their net worths going up to like a hundred million, 150 well, million or so that start saying, I've got a school that I love, Yeah, whether it's a school I went to or a school that I've given a lot of money to, to build like a library or something like that. Anybody, but I'll, I'll I'll buy a football. I'll buy our way into football yeah, relevance. Yeah, but but hold on. There's a lot of ego that's involved in that as well. All right, and when you have an ego that large, and you have that type of money, when they hand off the championship trophy, mm. you want to be the first one to touch it in front of everyone. And as a booster, you are nowhere near that stage. You know what? The I. I actually think those boosters will be near that stage. They'll be near it, but they won't be on it. They won't be the first ones there, but they'll 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 nope. they won't be the they won't be the first ones to touch the trophy. But they're going to be in the first ten or so. That's fine. If they give if they give enough money, and you know, and there will and there will be buildings at these schools with their that. you know with their name on. It. I, hey, how would you? How would you like our your name on our new school of economics? No, no, I I understand I understand that, but what I'm saying is, everybody wants to be the first one to touch the trophy, and everybody wants to be the one to get the recognition. When the Patriots win, everybody knows who Robert Kraft is. Same thing if the Cowboys win, we know it's Jerry but, Jones. But they can't. But you can't afford to buy your way into that if you're if you're just if you're worth a hundred million dollars. But here's the thing, when. If Texas A&M ever wins a title, when they go through the game highlights, they show the video of the trophy presentation, when they do the full game story, everything, start to finish, analysts, everything, you'll never hear the name of a booster, and that's what they want. So so they will come close to the brass ring. They will have it at arm's length, you think they but they will never get a chance to touch it. You think it. they won't give them a championship ring? No, that's not what I mean. That's I'm part, that's I, not what I'm referring to. I know I'm, I know what you're talking I'm about. Talking I'm saying about, that there there are various levels of this. It's not just about being on the stage. No, you when you put in that type of money and you have that type of ego, you want some recognition that you played a major role. Yeah, I think and, that, uh, and those donors, those donors will never get it unless you're a Phil Knight with Nike, right? Because he's associated, or a T Boone Pickens, because everybody knows who he is. Generally speaking, it's going to be a conglomerate of guys. If there's just one guy, that's different. You will get a ring, but you'll never. My point is, you will never get the recognition. Everybody knows the name T Boone Pickens. Of, everybody knows the name Phil. A Mike. lot of these people are going to be okay with getting a ring and showing it to people at parties. They also want to be the one holding up the trophy in front of everybody. They and they'll never get they that get opportunity. They get a picture of that. They get a picture of, of uh, on the field at some point. Maybe it's not on television. Someone gets a picture. They're good. What do we have coming up on, just in case you missed it? A lot of conversations recently about what's next for this Broncos coaching staff. Could their next stop potentially be with a different league? That's coming up next right here on Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason on Mile High Sports.
Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Andrew. Welcome back. Afternoon Drive. Goodman, Mason, watch us, mileisports.com. You can reach us, Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed at Mace Denver at Eric Goodman. If you're looking for wholesale lumber to the public, go to rmfp.com. Time now for the final word. The final word is presented by the McKenzie Law Firm. Don't wait before it's too late. Protect your family by setting up a will, living will, or estate plan with Dan McKenzie at themckenziefirm.com. Just in case you missed it. Just in case you missed it, the USFL has hired its first four head coaches, Todd Haley, Kevin Sumlin of uh, Texas A&M formerly, and the University of Houston, Mike Riley, and Bart Andrus with 100 days to kick off. Do you think any current Broncos coaches will end up in the USFL? Well, the USFL is supposed to be an exciting league, right? Oh, oh. I thought that was kind of the XFL, but I didn't. I didn't mention any names. No, but you. Can't, if you want long kickoff returns, you can always hire Todd, uh, McMahon. Long kickoff returns, give it up. Right. Yeah, that would be exciting. If you want boring offenses, I know one guy you shouldn't hire. Yeah, I'll tell you what. Kevin Sumlin literally comes into this on I believe a twelve-game losing streak, personally from the University of Arizona. So he's not. Uh, he's not heading the right direction. I mean, I had kind of hoped to see. Uh, at least some more kind of young, up-and-coming coaches. But uh, these leagues tend to kind of lean on the older co- the, the older coaches that have been k- kicked around a little bit. I saw Gene Chizik's name. Uh, remember him from Auburn? I do. Yeah, and Iowa State before that. Saw his name potentially come up for one of the other four openings in this league. So I don't know. And I mean, I, the thing is, what I would actually like to see a league like this do is have – some coaches who maybe have been overlooked, but give them head coaching experience. Like, for example, uh, Pep Hamilton, a longtime uh, quarterback coach, uh, NFL college ranks, was the coach of the uh, Washington, D.C. team in the XFL that lasted about five five weeks. You know, use, get, give some more opportunities to be head coaches to uh, younger minority coaches. I have a example. better job for Pep Hamilton. Broncos offensive coordinator. You got it. Well, he's a great quarterback. Tutor. Yep. Yes, I, I, I'm actually working on kind of a list of potential offensive coordinators if they don't, if they do move on from Pat Shermer but retain Vic Fangio, and Pep Hamilton is as good as you will find. On how old is he? Um, mid to late forties, I believe. There you go. Yeah. I like that idea a lot. Uh, Pep Hamilton either paired with a guy who's been in the league for a while or a, or a fresh face from college. He's a passing game coordinator with the Texans right now, but he's not offensive coordinator. So he's not calling the plays. Then you can hire him. And that's the key thing. Then you can hire him because it'll be a step up. Right. Just in case you missed it, another name that might be out there for some NFL teams in this offseason, Jim Harbaugh. Do you uh, buy into the fact that Harbaugh might be tempted to leave Michigan and come back to the NFL ranks? Absolutely. I'd be surprised if he doesn't join the Chicago Bears. He's a disciple of Mike Ditka. The McCaskey family loves him. He'd be welcomed back with open arms in Chicago 
by the fans. You saw what he did with Colin Kaepernick, and the assumption would be what he did with Kaepernick, he can do with Justin Fields. At the end of the day, uh, if you watch that Michigan semifinal game against Georgia, Harbaugh took him as far as they can go. He just can't recruit at Michigan like they can recruit in the SEC. I mean, it could be a way to get more money out of Michigan potentially, but I no, think he's gone. Uh, but Chicago, the other one I think I would keep my eye on with Jim Harbaugh is Carolina. No, if they move on from Matt Rule, no, they would no. write a huge check. No. Jim Harbaugh would want to coach the Chicago Bears. He was drafted by the Bears. He is a Mike Ditka clone, for lack of a better phrase. Everything fits for him to go to Chicago. I'd be willing to bet he would take less money to go to Chicago than if he got a bigger offer with Carolina. I we'll see about that because I've I the, what I'm hearing whispers is that Carolina would be very interested. I don't in care making. what Carolina offers. Hmm. For Jim Harbaugh in Chicago, it is the perfect match for everyone. He is a Chicago Bear. That's who he is. He's not. He's a, also he, an Indianapolis. No, he's Colt not. And the no, Baltimore no, Raven. No, he is and not. And a San Diego Chargers. As a guy who grew up a Bears fan, Harbaugh does not consider himself an Indianapolis Colt. He is a Chicago Bear through and through. Yeah. And to go back for him to Chicago would be a dream. Job. I remember him shuttling back and forth with Mike Tomzak for that job. That would be a dream job. Just in case you missed it, the Jacksonville Jaguars fans are uh, planning to stage a clown out of their team's final game against the Colts as it is at home at TIAA Bank Field after the Urban Meyer fiasco, a poor, poor season for uh, the number one pick, Trevor Lawrence, and the team as a whole. What French? What a? Uh, where does the blame the blame lie within that franchise? Is it all the way at the top at ownership? Is it with the GM? Is it more on Urban Meyer's shoulders? Where do you think the Jags went wrong this season? Well, ownership hired Urban Meyer, so some of it is there. Shahid Khan is very wealthy, very well invested, wants to win, does not seem to know how to win on a consistent basis in the NFL. It's, it's not a resource issue in Jacksonville. It's a culture issue. Here's the simplest way to put it for the owner of the Jacksonville Jaguars. He fell in love, proposed, and got married off of a picture because she was great looking or, flip it around, he was great looking if it's a female owner. Did it off of a picture instead of truly understanding who they were going to marry. It was off of a picture. You looked at the resume. You look at Urban Meyer. Looks really impressive. But you really didn't do the homework. Hey, you want to marry me? Based off of a picture. Through an email. Sure. Here's the form. Sign it. Okay. Now he or she moves in and the person is tearing apart the house. Mail, mail order coach. That's what it was. Or maybe it's, I think it's also like you got a, you got a dog and... Uh... You weren't really prepared for how the a, pup, a puppy specifically. Can't you just let me have the analogy? You no, got to try and top me. Go ahead. Well, no, because the puppy went in and basically tore up the entire house. Yeah, because it was cute. Yeah, you thought it was cute. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Did off of we love to have a puppy. Yeah, but then all of a sudden the puppy starts peeing around the house. Right, most puppies do. Yeah, but you didn't understand. But you didn't think about that. You just That's saw right. how cute the puppy was. That's gonna do it for us, Nolan, Danny. Great job today. Same with you, Mace. I'll try and do better tomorrow. Heck, tomorrow's Friday. Make it the best possible night you can.